Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 97, the show where we answer all vice kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Bonnie ABDL. It's great to be back. We had a we had a I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, it's we've had a week off from recording, but not a week off from posting episodes. Oh by George, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um we just launched four episodes in a week. That was crazy. Yeah, like we took a week off of recording, but we definitely did not take time off of recording in general. <laughs> definitely not. We did not take time off from the show. Uh I've gotten some really, really good feedback on our little D&D miniseries. Ooh, got some highlights? Yeah, uh, I do got some highlights. You know, I just got, you know, people emailing me saying, hey, it's really good. I like it. We love you. And and that's basically Awesome. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not, not much to highlight there. Just people really are jazzed on the, the miniseries. Oh, jazzed no. on jazz? <sighs> Young Count One. Immediately after I said I like jazz. <laughs> oh, it's it's good. What have you been up to? Um, okay. Do you want the the Cliff's notes of what I've been up to for the last week or so? Well, I know exactly what's been going on, and you are welcome to share as much or as little as you want. Okay. <laughs> this is a good time to share. Mm-hmm. So Fani made a little fucky wucky. Last Friday, I was driving to work and uh, my short car met a tall truck and the truck was fine. I hit the corner of their bumper, but the corner of their bumper took great offense at being touched and crumpled up my the, the hood of my car. Um, so she doesn't look very good. <laughs> She's currently in the shop and I'm trying to get uh, everything in line for insurance to appraise her, see if she can be repaired. I am thinking she's going to be written off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks because I've made a, a good amount of memories with that car and she's a beautiful car. She was a 20... I shouldn't use past tense yet. She is a 2018 Chevy Cruze, the mm-hmm. Rally Sport Edition. So I liked her because she was my black and red uh, gamer car. Gamer car. Um, I mean, you look at it and you're like, what fucking cunt drives that car? And then I show up in my like pink frills and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Whatever words were going to come out of your mouth, I was not expecting those. That was hilarious. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. But I mean, my car looks like a douchebag car. Um... (laughs) And I definitely felt like a douchebag rear-ending that guy um, on that icy road. So, yeah, yay, Canadian winters. Yay, me. Not stopping soon enough. Um, so I've been trying to make up a little bit extra money so that if I do end up getting my car repaired, and because I was at fault, I still have to pay the deductible. It's not going to be waived. But my deductible is only $500 Canadian. So I am trying to make a little money just by, like, making stuff and doing what I can um, so that the 
the situation doesn't hurt my wallet too badly, especially before Capcon. Yes. Yeah, uh, so I was just on the phone with um, the collision reporting place because, okay, so my city has the weirdest collision reporting situation. You crash your car, you have to get your car to the collision reporting center, have them take pictures, and then you can do whatever you need to with with your car and they change the the procedure every few months it seems Mm -hmm. (laughs) because uh people complain about it and they say okay well we'll make changes uh and i understand why they did this because they don't have enough cops around to just like not take care of like urgent situations and go take pictures of cars um when you know you you get rear-ended and stuff like that uh like in the situation um so you have to go to a collision reporting center where people who are not cops do this job um so okay i get it but it's also hella inconvenient and i did not know this at the time of my crash so i ended up you know calling my insurance my insurance didn't know about this procedure either so my insurance said okay we're gonna get you a tow truck your tow truck is gonna take the your car to the body shop and then we'll figure everything out from there. <sighs> Cue the part where I have to get my car to the collision center. And now I'm chasing my body shop to send pictures to the collision center because I can't go take pictures myself and bring them to the collision center. Now it's got to be my body shop who does it. And my body shop had all the information to send the email correctly, but just didn't. Oh. Um, so I've been... <laughs> chasing like three different people to get this done so that now I can get the insurance to appraise my vehicle and see if it's worth it to fix her. That's the so most here's crossing system. my fingers. Yeah, big crossing fingers, putting out energy for you. That is the most yeah, fucked knocking up on system. Wood. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, where it's just like, yes, get your undrivable vehicle because you're hood is hooked into your engine mm-hmm. um as you do to the collision reporting center and there are only two in this city of a million people oh wonderful um, great perfect yeah we're, we're gonna tell you that one is on the north side but it's not actually on the north side it's on the west side what <laughs> how do you fuck that up it's the compass <laughs> right right <laughs> jesus yeah um Frick, it's like 160th and 116th. Yeah, Ethan, tell me that's not the fucking west side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. Ethan has Ethan agreed. That is the west end. Yep. Um, we have three parts of the city. There's the, the north side, the south side, and the west end. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> we don't touch the west end. <laughs> What's out there? The mall. That's it. Yeah. Anyways. It's like the north that's side my life. That is... There is no north side of Cleveland. It's just the lake. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I've been dealing with. Um, It's it's going. Um, I already got all my feelings out about it. I drank a bottle of wine, played Breath of the Wild. It was great. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was honestly fantastic. I got kisses. It was great. Um, Yeah. But yeah, enough about me, Jazzy. What about you? What's going on in your life? First of all, we are very glad. All of us are very glad that you're okay. That's the most important. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Not even a hint of whiplash. That's crazy. That's insane. It was like a freaking 
10 kilometer an hour <laughs> collision that just happened to be the right angle to just get my my hood yeah i'm glad that you don't oh. have whiplash i remember when i uh when i totaled my last car i was pretty fucked up for a couple days oh yeah it was, yeah it, it hurt a lot mm-hmm. so i'm glad that you're okay mm-hmm. uh but yes how i'm doing and springboarding off of your wine uh part uh tonight gray made this incredible uh risotto it was a uh a shrimp and mushroom risotto and the cheese instead of using <gasps> yeah. Parmesan. I know, right? It gets better. He used this uh this really good cheese uh from a place that we really like. It's it's a fairly sharp cheese. And when I say stinky, I mean the cheese flavor profile. Because cheese has a totally different range of flavor profiles than standard food, and stinky is one of the keywords. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So it was just nice, sharp, stinky cheese that um, the outer rind was all espresso. And so he threw that in there. I had some of that the other day. It's so good, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. It's such yeah. a good cheese. Yeah. So we, um, funny, let me tell you something. The flavor depth on this risotto was unreal. It was so good. And so I mm, had that with, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, and this is where the, the wine part, um, I had some plum wine, plum wine. There we go. Ooh. Yeah. Plum wine is, um, I think the best way to put it, it's like ice wine, but it won't destroy your wallet like ice wine. Yeah. Cause ice wine is like a very, very sweet dessert wine and it's delicious, but they sell it in these teeny tiny bottles for an exorbitant amount of money yeah so a mm. single tiny Plum bottle of wine. ice wine for so the, good so good i interrupted you i'm so sorry that's no, good it's good keep going ice wine tell me yes uh for the discerning listeners one bottle of ice wine is about half the size of a standard bottle of wine and usually runs in the triple figures it is immaculate uh you can usually find a decent bottle for Bare minimum $80 is the cheapest I've ever seen ice wine. But if you ever have the chance to taste it, mm, I'm actually, <laughs> take this, uh, later this month before Capcom, uh, me and my parents and Greg were all going to an ice wine festival here in Cleveland, and we couldn't be more fucking excited. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun. And where's my invite? <laughs> Come on down to Ohio. It's basically Canada. That's that's very fair. Yeah, from what I hear, I think we get along so well because like we're just from the same culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mid- yeah. <laughs> northern, Midwest, and Canada. Not only do we border each other, we're basically the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I had that plum wine. If I remember the brand, I'll I'll post it. Um in the chat or if, or if daddy texts me let me just send him a text right now what was the brand of that plum wine question mark send there we go uh and mm-hmm. then if he if he sees that um and then I'll, I'll tell everyone on the show um but one of my other favorite liquors is um i i picked up a bottle of this um when i was up in uh, up near Lake Kiuka in the Finger Lakes region, 
which the Finger Lakes, that's where Chloe's from. Fun fact. Um, but up there, uh, there was this one uh, and they're known for their wine because their grapes are just like immaculate up there. But there was one distillery up there and it wasn't a vineyard. It was a straight up distillery. And they did a bunch of whiskey and bourbon, but they had uh, on offer. They had cassis liqueur and I, I took a set and I was just cassis liqueur is incredibly rich in tannic acid so much so that it gave me like a headache and got me the alcohol content in it is nutty. Like at least for me, like it really had a very profound effect on me, but it tastes so good because cassis is such a sweet fruit and it's like fermented down into a, a liquor and it mixes oh. super duper well with those uh, sparkling non-alcoholic wines. And then you mix those together in a whiskey glass and you give it one of those like really fancy large ice cubes, like a, a cube of ice, like a two inch by two inch cube of ice. And then you just sip on that all night and it's just mwah, immaculate, amazing drink. Mm-hmm. And each bottle is only like $60 or so, which sounds like a lot, but oh, that's for, pretty good. it's pretty good. It sounds like a lot of money and it is. But for fancy liquor, that's not bad at all. Yeah, especially one that you can like I was taking a look on Google to be like, what is cassis liqueur? Um, and it looks like it's uh, a liqueur made from black currants, which mm-hmm. sounds delightful. And then you said full of tannins. And I was like, I can feel the headache coming on now. You just say the word tannins. And I'm like, I need an ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's affected by tannic acid. Oh my god, yeah. No, yeah. I had that bottle of red wine the other night and I was like, this is this is going to hurt. Um yeah. You know what would pair really really well with this filet mignon? A migraine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's what it is too. And like the darker and darker it is, the more tannicy it is. It's delicious, but um mm-hmm. Cabernet just fucks me right up <laughs> with the tannic yep. acid yeah yeah anywho this is not an alcohol discussion podcast which i would love to talk like fancy fancy alcohol with you sometime but not at this juncture we are in an advice show um we can talk about malorted cap uh, but yes yeah we can talk about fucking gutter sewer (laughs) shit (laughs) tell me more about what we are jazzy Oh, you know what? I totally didn't answer the fucking question. How was my week? It was great. I spent uh, <laughs> last weekend. I, I was fuck. I was up at Lake Starling uh, last week, and uh, it was wonderful and fantastic. And um, the initial uh, impetus for me going up there was um, I wanted to. Huh, funny enough, another vice. I went up there with the intention of buying a big bag of weed and I came back with a kilo of edibles. Uh-huh. And it is, uh, <laughs> that is what's going to get me through my, uh, my surgery recovery because after my last procedure, I refuse to ever take opiates ever again because those shits are scary. And so I yeah. was like, yeah, no, I don't like uh, the perks. I don't like the oxy. I'm not touching this shit ever again because it's scary. I'm going straight to weed. And so um, 
So I did. So uh, Pudding took me to their uh, local dispensary and everyone there was super friendly as to be expected. And with the like the going rate, because it's illegal here in Ohio, the going rate, like I bought, I spent a hundred dollars at the dispensary and came home with like a thousand dollars of weed <laughs> in Ohio. Oh money. my God. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but when uh, we weren't shopping is uh, I was up there spending time with all the girls plus Mark and we were just having a great time and everyone was like mad into um, Morrowind at the time. So people were playing Morrowind mm-hmm. and we were just hanging out and doing a lot of body doubling and paralleling and just hanging out and being chill in a space together. And it was very, very relaxing. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really, really nice. Yeah. I'm very happy that you got to do that. Hey, thank you. Uh, we recorded an episode, The Usual Bet, which is the last episode that was uploaded to our RSS feed. Definitely go give that a listen. <gasps> Excuse me. I've and I'm going to be listening w- to it for sure. It's, pardon me. That was that was just water. I'm not like actively drinking right now. I'm sorry. But uh, what what did you say? I'm so sorry. Great question. Oh, I was saying that I was definitely going to listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm just reading the chat right now. Joe says that we should do a bonus Patreon episode about fancy liquor. And while drinking fancy liquor, while drinking fancy liquor, maybe doing some do bonus that. Patreon episodes could be good content. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, yes, chat. I was in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I was in Michigan. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to with that. Um, we can, we can actually get into the show proper 20 minutes into the recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> better late than never. Better late than never. Uh, we are supported by our lovely patrons and funny. I would love if you gave them the attention they deserve. Oh, I sure will. We've got a lovely list here, and I can't wait to dig into it. <clears throat> Let me tell you about this $1 vanilla tier that gets you uh, your username shouted out here on the podcast. Um, starting off with Casa and Danielle and Darlene Laddle and Doodle and Gosh Cheeks and Izzy and Manic Pixie Panda and Abby Red Panda and Raystar and Red and Riley. Over on the $5 Kingster tier, the Kingster tier that gets you access to the photo channel in the Dear Jazzy Discord, we've got Annie and Baby Alexi and Chels and Hoff Bondage and Lindsay and Lux and Ragtime and Ryan and Skywalker Ranch and the Starling Family and Stitchlet and Tiernid Twinkie. And in the $10 fetishist tier that gets you an extended shout out and access to the video channel on the Dear Jazzy Discord, we've got Maya Chu and Meerkat and Neocryptid and Pandagoran and Silky and Tildy. And in the $15 sinner tier that gets you co-directorial input on all things Jazzy, we've got Kiffy. And in the $20 Deviant tier that gets your name written on Jazzy's body for planned content, we've got a whole bunch of people starting off with Ao, who writes in a tribute to Cleveland's own Marxist theorist Frederick Jameson. It is easier for a little to imagine the end of the world than an end to spankings and enforced bedtimes. We've got Briya who writes, wet diaper for life. We've got Daddy Gray who writes, remember to eat your veggies, kids. And we've got Glacia and Juicebox and Jess. And we've got Cat Puff who writes in, ooh, ooh, I oh, shit myself at Target. Oh my God, you did it. I was totally going to do it for <laughs> you, sure but you did, did it. I love you. I, I Thank did you. it. Um, moving on we've got let's call me joe who says sorry if i missed the show but i'm watching my girlfriend paint my birthday present on chat which is so cute happy birthday joe so cute happy Um, birthday joe we've got luna who writes poe 
We've got Lupin and Personalius, and we've got Pope Felix, and here's one for you, Jazzy. <clears throat> Corn is no place for a mighty warrior. <laughs> Thank you. We've got Sky Abadiel and Sluggy and Spade and Summer who writes, stop telling people to love America and tell America to love its people. That's what's up. So true. That, very true. So true. Absolutely true. All right. Uh, funny. Wouldn't you know it? It's that time again. It's uh, WDJ and uh, Dear Jazzy News. Welcome back to the fucking news. We have a big stinking giveaway and I'd love to tell you about it. Uh-huh. Uh, so we You'd are, love to tell us about it. I'd love to tell you about it. We are doing a fanfic giveaway. Uh, grand prize is a $100 ABU gift card with two runners up earning $50 each to ABU. Uh, have to be between 1,000 and 5,000 words. The rules are there cannot be any romantic or sexual intimacy between me and Fonny. Has to be Dear Jazzy themed. Has to be submitted before Capcom. And uh, I've been really digging like the funnier stories that we've been getting. Like they're really good. Mm. Uh, please, oh please, oh please, no matter what your skill level is or how good or bad you think you are, please submit. Uh, we just want to have a lot of fun with this and just like laugh our butts off and have a good time. Like there is no shame. And if you don't, if you don't think you're that good enough, good enough to submit, you might just win some money for diapers. So just do it. Uh, oh, I see you writing in the, oh yeah. Send to where? Thank you. Uh, magical Google drive. Uh, that would be, you can send that into dear jazzy podcast at gmail.com. Oh, 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 I see the the magical Google Drive cursor that definitely isn't funny. It's doing some formatting. Um, <laughs> I ruined the formatting, so I had to fix it. It's okay. You're welcome. Uh, did I forget anything on the contest? Uh, no, I think that's it. We're going to be reading out some of the, the stories at Capcom, are we not? We are. We are indeed. Hmm. Right. And that's exciting. Indeed. What else do we have? We have uh, a story coming from ABU. Uh, and that is uh, about their diaper vault. Uh, so the diaper vault is um, was introduced, I believe, last year or the year before. And that is where my beloved lavenders wound up, sad face. Um, so what the diaper vault is, is that is their program where they soft retire products. Um basically, in order to add new products to their lineup, they have to cycle out some older ones and that doesn't mean that they're getting rid of them forever because the it would be it would be silly to get rid of them forever because they spent money on the r&d and the design work and everything and a lot of them are fairly iconic like this time around uh the ones that got vaulted oh man i had the link up on my computer before the show but i closed it like a dingus hold on let me open up the um the the space one. What was that one called? It was called space. Oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. It was uh preschool plastic backed ABU space, cushies, cloth back cushies and kiddo. And I am gutted over the cushies. Cause those are my favorite. Well, one of my favorites. I really love them, but I understand each, you know, production line only has so many conveyor belts. So in order to get new designs, mm -hmm. they have to, they have to, as they put them, send some of them to nap time, which means using the, you know, the, uh, 
the adage of nap time, it means that eventually they are going to wake up and they're going to do a run of them in the future. Um, the other ones that are vaulted currently. Oh man, why am I? Oh, because I'm on news.abu.com. Let's fix that. Oh, please, internet, please work faster. There we go. Uh, the currently vaulted are two tape bunny hops, ABU simple, bare bum, and lavender. So those five will be joining the vault crew, bringing it to a total of nine. Uh, so with five of them coming off a lineup, that's going to make more room for positional printing. Uh, just like some more new exciting stuff. Um, which I'm really excited for. A lot of people are like big upset about it. I don't think being big upset is really justified. I think small, moderate upset, just like bummed out because some designs are going away from like ready availability temporarily. Mm -hmm. So, and that is a bummer, but you know, some more new exciting stuff is going to come in its wake. So I'm really, really jazzed about that. Do you have anything to add to that? No, just that I completely understand where they're coming from, just because like they do have such a widespread of products that I'm I'm sure that there are some products that have just been collecting dust on their shelves for quite a while now that they've got like Little Kings and Alphagators. And we all saw how Little Kings did whenever they first came out with them. Everyone had to get their hands on Little Kings. They are still constantly sold out. Can, trying to, yeah. I'm literally having an easier time finding PS5s than I am finding Little Kings. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> it's easier. Uh, to next get. thing you're gonna see on your like Facebook local uh, trade pages, hey, I saw that Little Kings were up on uh, on ABU again. Instead of like the, hey, I saw a PS5 at the West End uh, Walmart. <laughs> Jump on it. I say that as someone who literally in my ottoman here, I have three sealed like ABU lavenders with the scenting. <gasps> so it's just like, Whoa. I know I'm sitting on some primo, primo, premium shit right there. So it's just like, I know all about wheeling and dealing and the diaper economy and everything. But it's just like, I'm not paying $100 a bag yeah. for Little Kings. That's silly. I also have my original Snuggies. Oh, yeah. Ethan is uh, talking about that. Snuggies Waddlers. Those are... Considering bringing those out for Cap? Yeah, do it. Those are vintage. Those are... Um, I'm not opening yeah. mine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to, like, put them up for auction or something. Yeah, that's why I'm holding on to the lavenders. I want to, like, have one bag that I actually use for, like, photos or special things. Maybe, like, have one for, like, my honeymoon or something. And then the other two thinking Aww. of like waiting a few years and then like putting them up on eBay. Kind of like mm -hmm. what I did with uh, a couple of my inflatables and made a very substantial profit on them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ethan, do you sell them or do you wear them? That's a good question. If you want to submit that to the question submissions, I'd actually love to have a discussion on the show about that. That'd be cool. Well, you see what you do is you open up the pack and cut them with some less good product to to stretch the amount that you have and sell it at a profit. Please do not encourage our our listeners to to lace their diapers with fentanyl and spice. <laughs> oh, just an extra sap. Extra sap. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got them pure strain <laughs> lavenders. This is legit shit right here. <laughs> Good Lord. 
Oh my god, Felicia says, <laughs> cut them with sawdust. I used to do that with bread. Oh god. Oh, I hate that. Yep. Mm. Yeah, back in the day, they used to, uh, like, if, if a bakery wasn't doing so great, they used to cut their product with sawdust to stretch the amount of, of other stuff that they had. And there was there was a, a discernible amount of sawdust. How about um, just make better bread? So they, they would stick to the undiscernible amount of sawdust. Jesus Christ. It's edible. It's, it's just trees. It's just trees. You can <laughs> technically eat trees. Thanks. I mm -hmm. hate it. Oh, let's move right along quite swiftly um, to say it with me. The Special, special Interest, Interest Theater. Theater. Okay, we did it. We got there. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Special Interest uh, Theater. It's the show within a show. I am your host, Rasmus Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Fauna Abadiel. So... In your special interest theater notes, uh, I see that you wrote Legend of Zelda new stuff. Please go off. Uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> this is going to be a mostly spoiler free um, podcast about the art book that was leaked. Ooh, and I'm not going to say too much about it. But um, for those who don't know, uh, Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is going to be coming out and I want to say May, May or June. It's going to be in a couple of months. Um, and the art book, like one of the design books for the, the new game that's coming out uh, leaked. And so far we haven't seen too much about the game. Like we don't know the major plot points um, or like much of the information about the setting yet because like as Nintendo does, they like to keep it very vague and then just kind of drop it all on you all at once whenever the game releases. Yep. Um, so we got the art book with a whole bunch of characters and settings and items that you can get in costumes and stuff like that. And I, I fell in love with one of the characters immediately. Like, I couldn't help myself. I looked through the entire leak of the art book. Um, and I know that other people don't want to know a single thing about it, so I'm not going to like any details um but she's she's really pretty and i can't wait to be able to draw art of her whenever the game is released so that i'm not spoiling it for other people that's super so, yeah. super exciting i used to be um mega fan mega fan of zelda um up till around mm -hmm. skyward sword is when i kind of started to fall off a little bit but like all throughout my childhood obsessed with Zelda. So that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I got into Zelda rather late, actually. Like I got into it for Twilight Princess, believe it or not. Like Good everything one. before yeah. then mm -hmm. had no clue about it. Like I was a Pokemon kid through and through. I played Pokemon. Um, I played Pokemon Red. I played Crystal. I played, uh, fuck, what's the, the next one after Ruby that? And How Sapphire. when? Uh, emeralds uh, yeah ruby and emeralds and um diamond and I'm, I'm trying to remember all of the the generation titles uh and it's not going so great after, black and white after diamond and pearl it gets a little fuzzy for me <laughs> yeah black and white x and y black and white two um i probably got those in the wrong order whatever uh but i kind of fell off the the pokemon wagon after the last uh sword and shield 
mm-hmm. um, update. I think I watched other people play and I saw that the the, the story beats um, and like the way that you went through the gyms was different from what I was used to. And I guess I just kind of like it didn't it didn't mesh with what I liked. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so maybe I'll give it a try at some point but I fell off the Pokemon wagon and went straight into the the Zelda wagon. Um, Like I started out with Twilight Princess. And I think because I started out with the weirdness of Twilight Princess, I did not mind Skyward Sword at all, except for the really repetitive boss fight with um, the the big blobby thing with the toes, you know? Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to fight that thing over and over and over again. Yeah, the imprisoned. Thank you, Ethan. Um, but I did really like the design of Girahim. Mm-hmm. So I stayed for Girahim and I tolerated the imprisoned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ethan says he looks like a failed Failed-up. Muppet, which is he's completely so, correct. He so does. I loved Twilight Princess. Love Twilight Princess. Yes. What killed Skyward Sword for me were the motion controls. Because I can't stand motion controls. And that game just like is all motion controls. (laughs) And I just. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. And they even did the thing where they were like, we're going to give you the pro controller or like the the advanced, like the the upgraded controller Mm -hmm. with it. And even that was like, it's still. It's still janky. It's still pretty janky. <laughs> it helped, but it was pretty janky. Um, yeah. I started with uh, Ocarina of Time. And um, which mm. have you gone through Ocarina of Time yet? Yes. Oh, good. I played the the one for the DS. I played the DS version. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good version of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Ocarina. Big fan of Twilight Princess. We have very similar tastes. And then you've been yes. cruising on Skyward Sword, not Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I brought my Switch over to my boyfriend's house uh, because he has not played a Zelda game since like, oh, God, I want to say um, Majora's Mask or oh, something wow. like that. And I was like, well, surprise, you're playing Breath of the Wild now because Tears of the Kingdom is coming out and I'm going to be talking about it a whole bunch and you might as well have context for what I'm going to be talking about because this is the funny hour and it's this all about special me. interest leader. <laughs> yes. Um, so brought Breath of the Wild over and he was able to get a game started uh, on it and he really likes it so far. Um, but he does this really cute thing where he'll start up the game uh, while I'm over and we'll kind of play together where like uh, he'll just kind of ask me for advice here and there and I'll just like be doing my own thing mm. um, at the same time. So it's not like completely one sided uh, or anything. But then uh, at some points he's like, I know that you like to catch the horses. So here's the controllers. Do you want to catch me a nice horse? Oh, that's really <laughs> <Yeah>. sweet. <laughs> oh, it's precious. Yeah. He makes me charcuterie boards and lets me catch horses in Zelda. Like that's a keeper. Perfection has a name, and his name is your boyfriend. His name is my boyfriend. Yes, that's a very high quality boyfriend right there. Yeah, <laughs> and also cooks like you because he knows the the word for like the the the, the pig cheek meat, oh, and I don't. Away. 
That's the one. Thank you. Absolutely. I love how you pig cheek. You know what it is. I sure do. That's a very yeah. flattering vote of confidence for me. Thank you. <laughs> that is Guanchale. Yeah, uh, we weren't able to get any, so we used. Um, what did we use instead? Do you remember? Oh, um, uh, remind me. Can you try jog my memory? Um, oh no, we're just gonna move on, and then at some point, I'm just gonna like shout it out loud as as soon as I remember Mark what it was. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Uh, but I see that you have something that I am not familiar with at all in your special interest theater, and I would like to know more about it, please. I sure do. Uh, in my special interest theater, I have Nax 40 written. Uh, did I talk about Nax Ramus in our last special interest theater when I talked about World of Warcraft? I feel like it's a very familiar thing, but I have no idea. Because last time I was talking about um, the Spectral Tiger a lot um but i don't think i taught i went in depth on nax 40 if i go into the same topic if one of y'all could like stop me and let me know i will change tracks uh so in world of warcraft uh in the second expansion pack which is the 3.0 era of the game which is wrath of the lich king they uh they being blizzard decided to uh, remove one of the most challenging raid encounters, one of the most challenging like raid dungeons in the game. Uh, it was a 40-person dungeon called Naxxramas, and it was so unrelentingly demanding for the audience at the time, which didn't have any of the data mining we have now, didn't have any of the research we have now, didn't have any of the metagaming material. Like people were just doing their best, doing what they could. And I believe the statistic is around, I think 0.2% of the player base ever got to step inside Nax and even few fewer got to finish it. So they uh, said, you know, we're really proud of this instance. We're really proud of this dungeon. No one got to see it. So let's pull it retool it and put it back in and then make it the first raid of wrath of the lich king and it will be like the entry level kind of like get your feet wet raid instead of like the ball crusher 9000 so they did and it went over really well and people liked it and it was a great raid uh i used to raid it back when wrath of the lich king was current and i was like 12 years old uh at 12 or 13 i think i was really young and yeah, it was good, but it wasn't Nax 40. And so people have like, okay, that's great, Blizzard. Where's the old one? And they're like, oh, we got rid of it. And they said, okay, that's great. Do you still have the files? And Blizzard said no. And gave, oh. us, and gave a smug little smile. And we we're like, the fuck did you say to me? Where is it? And Blizzard said, eh, it's gone. We threw it away. It's It's gone forever. We overwrote it. We deleted the code. It's gone. And everyone proceeded to completely lose their fucking minds, rightfully so. And so with it, uh, honest, honest to goodness, we didn't lose a whole lot. Uh, what was lost in the original vanilla version of Nax 40 
was the player count because the original version was 40. The new version is either 10 or 25 players. So tuning, uh, the 40 person maximum was removed. The, uh, all the tier three sets of armor, which were very iconic were removed. Some of the other drops and weapons like the corrupted Ashbringer and might of Menethil and, uh, some of the other weapons from that instance were not upported into Wrath of the Lich King. Um, and for me, the most egregious one was the, the items to start the quest line at Tiesh, uh, great staff of the guardian, which is one of WoW's very few legendary items, um, alongside Sulphuros, hand of Ragnaros. And of course, thunder fury, blessed blade of the wind seeker, Ashbringer, stuff like that, like the stuff of legends that people who haven't played the game likely are familiar with just through the memes of like Thunder Fury, possibly of the Windseeker. And so Atiesh no longer could be obtainable because they didn't upport it into the new Nax Ramus. And the reason why I'm talking Ooh. about this is on my private server here at home, Jazzcraft, the one only accessible by me and uh, the only people on it are bots that I have. I literally upgraded the RAM in my computer just so I could play the server harder <laughs> and have more bots. Oh, my around. God. Yeah, it tops yeah. out at around 32 gigs of RAM running at full blast. And that's half of the amount of RAM I have in my computer. So I'm pretty stoked on that. I'm just like, oh, yeah, no slowdowns. Let's go. So... Uh, my server runs on Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, Felicia asks, what kind of hardware do you need to play WoW these days? Uh, do you have a toaster? Then you can play WoW. <laughs> it will run on any grandma computer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, I remembered what the meat was. We used pancetta instead. Mm. That's what it was. Love pancetta. Love pancetta. That's a great meat. Uh, do you fuck with prosciutto? I sure do. Oh my God. Yes. Prosciutto is the fancier, better bacon. Yeah. yeah. God, I love prosciutto. I love taking like a thin slice of prosciutto and like a good non-sweet pickle mm -hmm. and having them together. That sounds really good. Sounds really yeah. good. After I mm -hmm. had prosciutto, it ruined bacon for me. I'm firmly on the Very fuck fair. bacon bandwagon because prosciutto is literally just so much better in every possible way. Yeah. Uh, and like, I don't I, really understand the point of, of bacon. Like I understand that it's like a, a way to eat pork, but like, why would you eat pork that way? Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> before we get <laughs> talking to about all the different type of nitrate fueled fucking capicola gabagools Sorry. out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which Gabagool is the proper way to pronounce Cappy Cola. Uh, so in my server that I run on my computer here at home, it runs Wrath of the Lich King. And, um, and I installed a couple mods and did some custom coding and like made my own mods and did a bunch of work so that um, you could only progress in the game in order mm -hmm. of content releases. Like in order to go to Blackwing Lair, you have to finish Molten Core. In order to go to the Temple of Ankaraj, you have to finish Blackwing Lair. And so on through the first three eras of the game. 
and that presented me with a challenge. And it's like, you know, what do we do when we get to next Ramus, the final raid of vanilla? And so I went into a bunch of discord servers and a bunch of crusty old forums on the hunt for code. And I went around on GitHub. GitHub has been like my primary social media. It's really fun. It's funny. Cause it's just like, ah, oh, yes, all my programming friends are here. It's everyone on GitHub is trans or in the closet. It's great. Um, no. <laughs> so I was yeah. poking around, like picking up little bits and pieces of code and kind of bending them to my whim. And I found this repository on GitHub that just really opened the door for me, which GitHub is social media for programmers where instead of like photos and statuses, you post code. Um, and each post is called a repository and people can subscribe to your repository using the Git client, the G I T client. And then in order to download it, you, uh, you open up your client, I use git bash and then you type git clone link of the repository and it installs the master branch into the directory that you have chosen. And I, it, I know it's a weird way of describing GitHub Felicia, but am I wrong? <laughs> but um, I found someone who did like a massive backport of Naxxramas and used a bunch of code from a vanilla client and basically translated the entirety of Nax into C++ so it could be imported into Wrath of the Lich King. And I was like, this is fucking mental. Like the amount of work you went through in order to translate the entirety of Nax into C++, which is a language I studied in college. So I was able to work with it. And with a lot of configuring and like everything, I was able to get Nax running next 40, the original running side by side with the updated next Ramus on my server, which should be impossible because new Nax is overwritten on top of old Nax. So what this person did and suggested, um, is basically you create, you copy and paste the map of Nax physically move the dungeon entrance to a whole different part of the world where it originally was copy over all the code, copy and paste the new code, merging it and replacing all the old stuff. And then you have to go into the MySQL database and make new entries for all of the old NPCs. And it is just so much work, but the code compiled and it runs. And you know what we say in the tech industry, the code compiles, ship it, and it works. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really, really incredible. Uh, in the chat, <laughs> people on GitHub generally don't argue, which is fantastic. That's a Stack Overflow thing. Uh, Stack Overflow has a propensity to get a little toxic sometimes. Um and I know GitHub is, I'm, de I'm definitely being facetious when I say GitHub is a social network, but a lot of the stuff is there. Um, I love GitHub quite a lot. Um, but yeah, so that is the, the, that is what I've been doing with my special interest stuff lately. Thank you. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. says a little toxic in italics. <laughs> yeah, Stack Overflow is <laughs> the Yahoo answers of programming. 
Oh no. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. That's the Cora. Yeah. Funny talking stick. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, I sent you a link uh, directly to you to what I believe is the earliest unanswered question that we have in our questions ch channel questions thread. Uh, the one marked January 22nd, 2023 at 605 p.m. Yes. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, no, it says 405 for me, but yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, time zones. This episode, Dear Jazzy, is brought to you by Padding Power, the ABDL-themed trading card game from Zakiru. If you're looking to collect and play a great new card game while supporting creators in our community, please visit PaddingPowerTCG.com. You can also join the community Discord where you can connect with fellow players and get a game or two in. Plus, me and Fani both have signature cards. Again, PaddingPowerTCG.com. So, as you know, Fani, we are an advice show. Now, advice shows, we, we have sure questions. Uh-huh. I actually would love to take uh, the first question. Yeah, of course. Do you have one in mind? I do. I do. Uh... This question comes in from Big Red, uh, pronouns they, them. Dear Jazzy, I've been curious what goes into caring for your inflatables. Do they have to be stored oh. in a certain way? Do they get holes or tears often? Is patching them a thing? Any more inflatable care uh, tidbits you want to share? And then uh, the second, the back half of that is Dear Fawny, like the animal. Uh, I've heard opinions that a lot of what makes a Lolita outfit work is the accessories. Do you agree? What are some of your favorite accessories to tie an outfit together or which ones do you think are underrated? And I would love for you to take, uh, your half of the question first. Okay, great. Um, yeah, big red, uh, from what I've seen you commission from other artists, you know, fashion, you certainly know fashion. And I love that about you. Um, and yeah, I, I do have to wholeheartedly agree. Uh, a lot of what makes Lolita, Lolita is like the quality of accessories um, that you're putting into your to your outfit or like matching the accessories to your outfit. Because um, like, yes, you, you can go out in like a cute pair of shoes, a dress, and that's it. And it's like, okay, sure, that's an outfit. But like, what if you had cute frilly socks? And what if you had little pearl bracelets? And what if you had bows in your hair? Or if you wanted to go on the goth side, what if you had beautiful lacy stockings and the coolest bat wing styled headdress and a really cool blouse with like stars or something on it? Like, okay, yeah, you could go out in a dress, but like the amount of options that you have to make your, your outfit so much more visually interesting and split up colors um, all over your body and like add little things that you love, like a little pin with your favorite stuff on it or something um, is what makes Lolita for me like the most fun. Like I've got 20 dresses, but I've got so many more accessories so I could wear all 20 of those those outfits in like a hundred different ways. For me, so, it sounds yes, like... Correct. As an outsider to Lolita, it looks like, because, you know, there's like wearing clothes that look cute because they're clothes and, you know, you have to wear clothes to go out of the house. 
And then there's Lolita where it's you're wearing clothes and outfits because it's your hobby. And it's like the amount of care and attention to detail and effort you put into an aesthetic that you get to wear, which is a super exciting part of it. It's like part of the fun and the hobby. And it's like, it's almost like that. I don't want to say excess because that has a negative connotation, but that level of like breaking from the norm of, you know, the, the normal quote, big quotes, a a regular, a normal looking amount of like, presentation but going so far above and beyond that you become a walking art piece is that a big part of the experience like if you fucked around with doll makers as a kid right oh yeah oh yeah and even probably nowadays you you play with doll makers i love them what if you were the doll i understand it entirely now (laughs) i totally understand it what if you were the doll and the person playing was five years old i get it Right? Like, there's so much fun in just, like, going through my closet and uh, just kind of toying with what I've got in there and being like, well, I've got this and I've got this. What if they went together? You know, pen, pineapple, apple pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I f- totally forgot that Red asked, uh, what are my what are some of my favorite accessories uh, to tie an outfit together and which ones do I think are underrated? Um, my favorite accessories to tie an outfit together are absolutely socks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not enough socks and also far too many at the same time and the ones that i think are underrated earrings i don't see a lot of like specialized earrings for lolita fashion like i see a lot of head bows and a lot of bracelets and a lot of socks and shoes and everything like that but like never earrings see a lot of rings see a lot of necklaces but earrings are kind of far and few between. And I don't know if it's because um, a lot of the usual market, like the the original market, just doesn't have their ears pierced or something. Um, or if it's just more difficult to make them. Wow. But yeah, earrings definitely underrated. That's so true, though. And like, I remember when I got my ears pierced. I feel like it was such like a watershed moment. It was like a red letter day for my gender presentation. It was like mm. almost instantly the topography of my face and head changed. Just like when I got my nose ring, I feel like it completed something that I didn't know was missing. And so I've taken to wearing those. Um, you know how in like the 80s, people started wearing like big crosses either right side up or upside oh, yeah. down on one of their ears. I, I yeah. ordered a bunch of uh, jewelry, like goth jewelry on uh, Etsy and then modified them to, um, mon- uh, well, daddy helped me modify them because he used to make his own jewelry. I took the little pokey ees off of them and replaced them with the little lobster clips that you see on necklaces. And then yeah. on my gauges, as you can see, I have captive rings going through my gauges so I can just like clip on whatever earrings out of my collection that I want. And not only does the system work really well, but it allows me to have like more dangly pieces. So if there's a time where I want to go out and very intentionally like gender signal in a specific way, I'll have my long danglies and it like never fails. 
it's kind of mm-hmm. along the same lines as like like the way that you like shave and shape your eyebrows in the glasses you choose can like do so much for gender presentation stuff. It's like the same exact thing. It's just like, I also, I, I did not mean to steal the talking stick. I just got so excited to, to talk and here we are talking stick. This is a conversation, not a lecture. That's so, so. true. That's yeah. A um, saying. But yeah, I just, I grabbed a pair of my favorite earrings. They are like, Highlighter pink. They are neon pink acrylic and just like little three quarter hoops. Mm. And I love them. I got them for a dollar at a senior center garage sale. That is incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love buying things from old people because they don't need it and they price it like they want it gone. So always. Yeah. Um, acrylic is such a cool fucking material too it's like uv reactive it's bright it's loud it's a fairly like resilient material it's great we need more Mm -hmm. i love it uh felicia did ask in chat what about lolita things that are overrated oh good one good one you expect me to answer that yes but also head bows yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say it uh it's (laughs) it's kind of difficult to find an outfit that i feel comfortable wearing a head bow with um, especially because I am more of like a, a lone Lolita. Like I was in my community for a little while and found some of the members fairly catty. Um, and I just didn't mesh with them. Like they brought out my cattiness too. So I was like, I don't want to be here. Um, so I tend to just hang out with non Lolita people while wearing my Lolita outfits. And I feel a little bit over the top and too done up in head bows. And I think they are overrated. Mm -hmm. I do have a couple of head bows and I think they're really, really cute because daddy really likes dressing me up in like skirts and I have a frilly onesie or two and I have some head bows and I do like, like when he like dresses me up for at home, but it does cause some like, uh, like going out and presenting at like a little space in that way can cause some like weird gendery stuff for me because it's like, yes, I am femme. I'm also non-binary. And like, it's like, you, you know, the meme of like fourth dimensional gender chess. Yeah. Hi, it's, hi. That is so fair. Yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, I just pulled my head bow container out of, out of my closet and uh, I don't know what size head bows you've got but mine are they are ginormous they are head eating about that size this thing is wider than my actual head Mm. (laughs) what do I wear it with (laughs) exactly you have to plan the the outfit around that yeah yeah exactly so like I see a lot of uh, people do uh, big wigs or make their their hair bigger to balance it out mm-hmm. and I usually wear my natural hair in like um, an easier hairstyle because mm-hmm. um, I plan on wearing it all day and I don't want to be like weighed down by a wig or anything after that that long so <sighs> yeah uh, final answer head bows overrated over to you tell me about inflatables I'd love to uh, so we have Amber back here currently inflated. Uh, Speckles is still taking his nap, but we have uh, Amber here. And um, so inflatable care, there's a lot 
that goes into inflatable care. A lot that goes into inflatable care. Um, very much like there's a lot that goes into Lolita. Um, mm-hmm. Like we have a set of best practices. We have like a lot of like knowledge on like the chemistry of the materials and like a lot of very rare, very expensive custom toys that you really want to take really good care of. Joe says that soon I will have a pack and that's because he's helping me <laughs> acquire two puffy paws huskies and they're custom. Oh my God. And I'm going to commission Joe. Them. Yeah. Joe is permanently the sweetest lad. He is just so lovely and I really appreciate it. But, um, not talking about cobalt and angel who will be joining the pack soon. Ah, um, taking care of inflatables, the biggest, biggest thing is uh, you have to know the date of your toy. If it was made before or after 2008, because in a previous episode, I've, I've uh, talked about the plasticizer uh, phthalates and all the derivative chemicals that um, you want to preserve as much as possible because they don't make those toys anymore and toys can lose their plasticizers as they age. And so knowing how best to take care of them as they age and like refreshing those chemicals as needed is pretty crucial. Um, for example, um, the, the biggest part of caring for your inflatables is, um, I think in your technique and how you ride them Um, like Amber here um, or just like for a lot of my toys. um, Actually, no, I take that back for Amber and speckles. Those toys are specifically built to bear my whole weight. They are specifically designed to bear the brunt of adult humans. Um, When puffy paws, uh, ran commission slots for their Zenith dragon. They had 1000 pounds worth of furries loaded up onto the back riding it simultaneously. And it was fine. Oh my God. Which for a pool toy is crazy. Cause usually pool toys, people think of like the Intex whales and like beach balls and stuff. And they're resilient to a point until they're not. Uh, mm-hmm. Amber here, I'm going to, you know, knock on some wood here. Amber is able to take uh, my full weight, but since since she's in a pouncing position, that means her butt is up and there is a negative curve along uh, the part in her back where I sit from where her um, like this is her butt. This is her head. You are supposed to sit right here. And in that valley, that's called a negative curve and negative curves are inherently weaker because the air is constantly pushing from the inside, trying to make the shape into a sphere. So it's pushing up on that negative curve as you're pushing down onto it. So making sure that you have those negative curves reinforced is really important um, because that is where a lot of, um, that is where a lot of seam splits can happen. Uh, And Mm -hmm. seam splits Mm -hmm are the the bane of existence for a lot of toys. They are one of the most common problems. And basically that is where the toy is where the toy is either heat pressed together or welded together. It 
over time just loses strength and it begins to open up and leak air. And what makes them so problematic is since they are a whole line on a fault, like a fault line, it can, if you apply too much pressure on an open seam, it can go zip all the way up and just like, whoosh, just catastrophically fail. And then you have an even bigger repair to take care of. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just like reading through the question. Uh, do they get holes and tears often? Holes and in tears specifically they get seam splits if you're not being careful like there are some toys that i do not put my full weight on uh for amber i do what i can like i put a beach ball underneath her on to kind of like underneath her like legs where she's pouncing to kind of like this kind of like uh kind of like offload some of the pressure of the negative curve and that's been a technique for Puffy Paws Wolves for a long time, since about 2009. And if you don't do that, uh, what can happen is the back legs can go down and then separate at the hips, which you obviously don't want to do. Uh, so tears can be avoided often by technique. Uh, and a lot of that can look like, um, like if you're mounting a beach ball, for example, like a rare one from the eighties or nineties, that's about like a 150, 200 bucks that you don't want to go see, go up and smoke. So what you can do is like, you can plant your feet and like put all your weight on your feet and then use whatever pressure you need to play with the toy while most of your body weight is being sent into the floor grounded. Um, that's why I do with uh, my rare stuff and my like vintage beach balls and everything, just because they're rare and expensive. Um, so tears is all technique holes is more of like, how clean do you keep your space and like, how careful are you of like making sure your space stays clean and tidy and taken care of and not, you know, not a mess to where there's detritus on the floor that can possibly get underneath a toy while you're riding it. Um, that is, that's basically it. Obviously if you have pets, it's a little bit different. If you have like toys that you really care about, like I do, you generally want to keep them in a room where the pets don't access. I've lost a, a, a non-zero sum of toys to my ex's bastard cat. Unfortunately, mm. but they've been, they've been fixed. Um, storing them is a really good question. I keep my expensive toys in clear plastic tote boxes that you can get at Walmart or Target, uh, specifically because they're stackable and they have lids. Um, I leave the valves open, uh, just to like, let the plastic, like, you know, thermal expansion, like let the plastic breathe, let the chambers like kind of like get all the air out. Generally, you're not supposed to store them with the valves closed because, um, any, any, if you, heaven forbid you breathe like with your breath to blow up an inflatable, all that carbon dioxide will stay in there. If you close the valve and carbon dioxide eats away at the plastic and at the seams, causing it more likely to create a seam split or a tear, which is why I exclusively use a hand pump to bring the toys up. Um, so in that instance, um, 
the next part of the question is, is patching them a thing? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, in Warhammer, you use a plastic cement that uh, melts and rebonds plastic to plastic. Uh, with inflatables, you use a very similar material that melts and rebonds and physically welds or chemically welds together uh, vinyl, vinyl PVC. Uh, I've used this material before. It's incredibly stinky, obviously, because it's it's incredibly corrosive and acidic. So it's it's a solvent. It's going to be stinky. Um, but I've used it for doing mods before. I've used it for reinforcing. I've used it for repairing seam splits. And what you do is basically uh, you get a bunch of like cheap beach balls and then all of a sudden you can cut them up and you have a ton of more or less fabric that you can like put mm -hmm. uh, like for reinforcing. You'll open up the toy enough to get your hands in and then uh, put the cement along the seams and then lay a strip of the beach ball vinyl down to reinforce that seam. Uh, thankfully, all of Puffy Paws toys on the basis that all of them are handmade by scratch, like from scratch, uh, not like in a factory setting, but not by machinery. Like it's all handmade. They, uh, all of the seams are hand welded and, uh, hand reinforced like straight from the factory, which is fantastic. Uh, but for toys that are like made in the traditional, uh, factory setting, they're going to have pinched seams done by a machine, not done by a human. So in that instance, it's better to open it up, lay down some reinforcing strips, close it back up, inflate, test, etc. Um, for holes, generally what I do is um, you can use tape, but it sucks because it will leave residue. You don't want to use super glue because that shit never comes off a toy. You always want to use that vinyl cement and some donor patches from another toy. Uh, most toys do come with a patching strip that is self-adhesive and does a, a fine enough job until if you're an enthusiast like me, until you can do a proper fix. Um, that's how patching generally goes. And then you use a similar process if you do any mods on them. Uh, there's a company in Amsterdam that produces uh, strategically placed hole kits to where you can uh, create a hole just large enough for uh, the mod slotted in vinyl cemented closed. Then all of a sudden your Puffy Paws Wolf has a pussy, which is pretty hype if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I, I knew I should have expected that, but I wasn't thinking about it and it kind of hit me Ta -da! like a truck. Uh, <laughs> you've crumpled my hood. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, the biggest thing uh, that I worry about is uh, body oil and sweat because oh, yeah. sweat is salinated and salt water is notoriously bad for toys. Um, same thing with chlorine. It's not advisable to just leave your toys lazily floating around in the pool, like forever, forever. Like obviously if you're going swimming with it one time, it's not going to ruin your toy. 
but if you leave your toy out in your pool year round in the elements, it's not going to be good for it because the chlorine does eventually affect the vinyl and makes it more brittle and loses the plasticizers out of it. Um, and, uh, same thing with body oil. It can just like break down the plasticizers and makes it more brittle, more prone to seam splits along negative curves. And the way you fix that is, uh, there's a material, uh, chemical that's basically just raw plasticizer that you feed into the toy through the valves while it's deflated. You, uh, just get a little bit in there and just kind of like rub it around, make sure it gets through every single square inch of the toy. And it kind of like revitalizes the PVC and restores, uh, adds new plasticizers in there to kind of like strengthen the chemical bonds between all the molecules of PVC. Um, that's the, that's the tea. Uh, any more inflatable care tidbits you want to share? Um, become a chemist, become a chemist. Yeah, become a chemist. <laughs> uh, inflatable care tidbits. I, I think I just earned an honorary degree in chemistry just from listening to you talk about like the the bonds and things that affect the plastic. Thank you. It's uh, I put a lot of research and time and care into making sure my my toys have long happy lives. A lot of the people in the inflatable scene have toys that have been going hard since the nineties, and some of, I mean, the earliest puffy paws are dated 2008 and they're still airtight and rocking. Like they Hell just yeah. were made and it's incredible. Um, my, my specific wolf, I was able to get Amber, uh, more or less on like a scratch and dent sale basis just because like she was like, Oh, we, she has a couple scratches, but and we don't feel comfortable selling her for full play, full price, three fifty, and she's yours. And I was just like, sold, done. And I was like, yep, the first one in there and got it. And it's just like she's barely even scratched. Like it's fine because people are a lot of people are like scared to do their own fixes and their own mod work because it's like this is a holy grail. This is a toy worth several hundred, sometimes several thousand dollars. I don't want to mess up. But if you know what you're doing, it's great. So mm -hmm. that's that is that's my answer. Way cooler and way more in depth than I thought it would be. I don't know what I was expecting. Oh gosh. <laughs> Thanks. I blushing now. <laughs> This episode of Dear Jazz is brought to you by AB Universe, the world's leading provider of ABDL and Incon products. If you want to support the show while restocking your petting stash, check out at oddswithgod.com slash sponsors or the sponsors channel in our Discord for 10% off your order of 50 or more. <laughs> this is just a full episode special interest theater. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like you had some questions picked out for tonight already. Uh, do you want to tell us what the next one is? Yeah, I sure can. Uh, scrolling down a little bit, just a little short one to just kind of get us back in the swing of things. Uh, this comes in from Lexi pronouns. She, her, uh, and Lexi writes, dear jazzy and funny. Uh, should you be okay? No, uh, I was wrong. Sorry. 
Dear Jazzy and Fani, are brats more common than other subtypes or just more vocal online slash easier to depict in the media? Lots of love, Lexi, she, her. I think brats are just more vocal. Uh, mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, they're definitely like, it definitely seems like there's a lot of people that are like loud and proud and occasionally sometimes obnoxious about being a brat. But I think it's just by basis that brats, when they're having fun, they get very vocal and very loud. And that's not a problem at all. Uh, Joe says, he, he brats are very vocal. That's just because you had Kimmy at your house all weekend. LOL. (laughs) Yeah. And anecdotally, um, I think most of the people that I hang out with, uh, in real life are d- not bratty at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They're, I don't think there's a single brat in like the friend group that I've got here. <laughs> Ethan yeah. says oh, you... he tries. We'll get there someday, buddy. <laughs> oh, you got hit with the buddy. Adorable. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, Ethan Ethan does try to be bratty and then I give him the look and like maybe one line about finding a corner and he's like Never mind, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you right. break a brush on him once, I swear. You break a, a brush on someone once and they're they're instantly good. Who would have thunk it, eh? Yeah, <laughs> and right. I get to bake cookies with them on Saturday, and I'm really excited for that. Oh, um, all right. Um, but yeah, no, brats are also very easy to depict in media because you can write a lot for them uh, to like give them a personality. Whereas, like a, a quiet person, you have to work a little harder. So, I definitely agree. Like, if you're writing a brat into a story, it's almost like the plot kind of writes itself a lot of ways. If you don't yeah. go above and beyond to like make like a really interesting in-depth character, it's just like, oh yeah, Brett, bing, instantly done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now that is to say there are a lot of brats that take their craft to a very high level. Like Kimmy is one mm-hmm. of the most unique brats I've ever seen and really like kind of makes that role her own in a lot of really interesting ways. And I think it's really, really cool. I'm very excited to see this in real life. I'm so excited to see you in real life. Like I'm so excited to see you in real life and hug you and take your hands and just enjoy your presence in real life. And hold hands and snuggle. And snuggle. And and snuggle. Do you want to have like a sleepover night? Absolutely. Fuck yes. Yes. Oh, it's going to be so hype. It's going to be so good. Uh-huh. And I have a feeling I'm going to be able to bring my my stuffed horse with me. I usually don't bring him to travel because he's fucking huge, but uh I think this time he he has to. He has to come with me. There's no question. Has to. It's Capcon. Has to. Mhm. Mhm. It's like the people asking me, are you going to bring speckles to cap? It's like, Jesus Christ, he's huge. You have you do not understand how large he is. <laughs> he's a he big take up his own entire suitcase, like one of the big suitcases. Yeah, he literally is his own suitcase. Joe says we can fit him in the room. No, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't. There's a reason why I can only have one of my custom toys up at any given time. 
Oh, can't. I misread. I misread that. LOL. Uh, no, no, that was that was that was Joe making a typo. Uh-oh. This is Joe's fault. <laughs> Joe's nah. fault. LOL. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, let's do another question. Okay, but like idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inflating speckles next to the Anish Kapoor bean. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> that's incredibly uh-huh. funny. Uh, this kind of actually goes back to the the question a little bit and inflatable care tips. I very intentionally do not bring my toys in public ever. Mm-hmm. Not just because I jizz all over them, but because anytime someone sees a giant pool toy, they there's this weird sense of entitlement where it's just like, Oh, you brought a pool toy. I'm going to let my kids play with it and not ask you, but tell you, no, Karen, you're not. This isn't some $20 whale that you get at Walmart. This is a $500 fucking custom made commissioned inflatable plesiosaur. So fuck off, Karen. Which some people would describe as a sex toy. Which some people would describe as a sex toy, which he absolutely is. So it's just like, I would be more than pleased to bring speckles out on like a private pool, a lake, an area where I could control all the variables because people are unpredictable and they don't know what they're looking at and they don't know proper technique in writing. And it's like so many different things could happen. So that's an inflatable Mm -hmm. care tip. If you have a pool toy that's worth three figures or more, be careful with who you bring around it because um, unless they really know what they're doing in our part of that scene, they likely don't know what they're doing. So choose carefully. Yep. Oh, I feel that mm-hmm. I put on a petticoat and absolutely everyone is just like, Oh, that is a big skirt. I'm going, I'm to, going touch to put it my, with my hands rubby fingers all up in it. Mm-hmm. Ah, the amount of middle-aged women middle middle-aged <sighs> they know better they they so know better the amount of middle-aged women who will like reach for the lace of my dress to like inspect it up close um is far too high mm-hmm. uh, to the point that like i have a default uh sort of phrase of like oh i'm sorry this is very delicate um where, like, I guess no one feels bad whenever I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, that's very delicate. But at the same time, oh, God, I just I just want to tell them to go fuck themselves, honestly. Yes. Yeah, and I really should more often. Yeah. It's. Mm. Anyways. You know exactly my struggle. You know exactly yeah. my struggle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been recording for uh hour 15 uh do we want to do uh uh-huh. let's say one more question yeah excellent and i see that you've got an exclamation point on at least one other so we can do that yeah one from january 30th i believe january yeah that is my yeah, got exclamation it. mark at 7 30 for you yes i'm just uh i'm just seeing if there's any more exclamation marks damn i need to clean up the channel all right Mm -hmm. uh there is one above on the 23rd and i think that's it 20 and then also on the 22nd 
Let's see. Let's go ahead and do the one from. Hmm. Let's. I don't know if I can do justice to the one on the 23rd, and I definitely can on the one for the 30th. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. I was going to say you choose. All right, I'm going to read this one out loud. Uh, it starts, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, whenever I can gather the energy to create something, if it often ends with me being with me. Oh, my God. I can't read today for some reason. <laughs> I got my COVID booster the other day so I could, like, you know, go to cap and not uh, spread disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wiped me right out. Mm-hmm. And I think my brain is still a little broken from it. Definitely. I got babies for a slight sensitive migraine yesterday. Oh, and in the middle of the migraine my province put out an emergency alert test and it glitched and so my phone got 10 notifications in 10 minutes oh god as i was like having my covid booster sickness migraine nap (laughs) wasn't great anyways dear jazzy and fawny whenever i can gather the energy to create something it often ends with me absolutely despising it and spiraling mentally I've been seeing a therapist to help manage that, but as artists, I wanted to hear y'all's two cents. How do you find patience for yourselves creatively? Thank you. From Autumn. Pronouns she, her. Uh, Fani, uh, please take it away. I've been dominating the conversation this episode. And baby, you can dominate me all night. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? Anyways, okay, so... (laughs) Any porn in the store. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our two cents on how to find patience for ourselves creatively. Um, I still struggle with that too from time to time. Uh, My big thing nowadays is saying, yeah, no, I'm, I'm upset with what I'm coming up with and I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to put this down and put it away and then come back to it later because no one has a deadline for me to create a thing. And I'm the one imposing this this need on myself to be making something and making it perfect when it doesn't have to be. Um, so finding the patience right now is sleeping on it. Literally putting it away, going to bed, coming back to it the next day, or putting it away for a week, a month, six months, and then coming back to it later because it doesn't need to be done right now. What do you think? I think, you know, you're absolutely on the money. Um, in the audio world, uh, there's a thing called ear fatigue. And it's something that all producers understand and respect. Any good producer with their salt will respect ear fatigue. And um, like, for example, I was working all day today, both on Dear Jazzy projects, uh, other At Odds With God projects, um client stuff i've been a busy little bee pro tools has been my spouse today um and eventually i get to a point where i just have to like i get to a point where i am incapable physically incapable of being productive with audio at all for the rest of the day and i've reached my threshold for ear fatigue And when I'm working on a track, working on music, working on my own projects, I'm very susceptible to this. There'll come a point where it's just like, nothing sounds quite right. 
it's like when your eyes get tired and all the words kind of blend together or like, or like if you uh, are like a cook at a restaurant or chef at a restaurant and your tongue gets worn out from like testing things all night long, same thing happens with my ears. And at that point it's just like, this doesn't sound good to me right now. So I just need to save the project, close pro tools and just go to bed. And I, I just need to do things that aren't audio. And that's the same reason why I honestly don't listen to a lot of music. If I'm not in my car is because I am constantly surrounded by recorded noise at all times for my job. And that, you know, it can lead to a lot. So it's like whenever I create a new song or a new segment for the show, I will just like think it's shit until the next day where I listen to it and I'll go, yeah, it's pretty good. I just need to throw a little bit of spice on there and it's good to go. Send it. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's just like, I, I do doubt my abilities a lot. Um, and I feel like all the artists in the world can relate to that. But one thing that my therapist helped me uh, work through is that if if I wasn't as talented, if I was, a, if I'm going to try that again, if I was as untalented as I think I am, I would have no clients and I wouldn't be booked solid for months. And that just like kind of hit a light bulb moment for me where it's just like, mm-hmm. I would not be in demand if I was not worth being in demand for. And that's just like completely like changed my shit. And funny, I can only imagine the same thing where it's just like, Oh yeah, no, I've been able to like, um, keep myself in a very healthy mindset with like my, my ego and, uh, (laughs) I don't know, my ego might be a little too big anyways. Um, (laughs) but like my artistic ability by saying to myself, like if I put up, uh, a your character here commission and was charging $80 for it and put that up. Um, it would be immediately jumped on. And mm-hmm. I know this fact. And so ergo, I am good at what I do. Yeah, absolutely. You are a very in-demand artist, very incredibly in-demand seamstress. You are a, a, a very hot commodity as a Mm. talent in the scene. And that's really, really cool. And I think that's where I kind of like started to find peace with my creation is, and it's really hard because I did not feel a lot of peace with my work until I started seeing the fruits of my labor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, finding the patience for ourselves creatively is just saying I know that I will have fresh eyes for this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm, I feel solid with all those answers. How do you feel? I, I am very happy. I mean, I got to spend time with you, so I'm, I'm already happy about that, but <laughs> that's the best part. I'm of satisfied, doing satisfied with what we've been able to, to talk about here. Very much so. Absolutely. It was a very good episode. And like you said, any time to spend time with you is just always incredible. And it's just like, you're the best part of the show, in my opinion. In my opinion. And can you believe we only have two episodes to go until episode 100 at Capcom? Damn straight. We only have one more episode to record this month. 
before Capcom. Or no, mm, wait. Next one is ninety eight. Then ninety seven. Okay, we have two more. We're on ninety seven. We have two more. I can math. <laughs> Uh, math uh-huh, that's okay. We're just talking about this. <laughs> you don't have to know math to be beautiful. Exactly. Um, two more episodes, two more weeks, then episode 100, and then we party hardy. And it's going to be fantastic. Fonny, who are you and how can people give you money? Hi, I'm Fonny ABDL, and tonight I've been playing Fonny ABDL. <laughs> and. <laughs> You can give me money by buying some of my products over on Etsy at etsy.com slash assorted crinkles. Um, I also just opened up custom collar commissions on my Twitter. Um, I make these little ribbon and lace chokers that tie in the back and they've got little. Yes, I will show you. Yeah. I just finished one custom commission that I'm going to be shipping out tomorrow to a lovely person from Twitter. And it's got a little blue ribbon in the middle and a jingle bell. And I hope that you can hear the jingle bell. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, they just tie up around the back of your neck and they've got a little bit of lace on them. Um, I've been taking custom commissions. Uh, It's a little cheaper to be using some of the stuff that I already have in my stash. But you can uh, order different colors from me and I'll go shopping for them. Um... Takes me a couple days to make them. Um, I've been really enjoying making them and just getting some of the things out of my stash. So please, please buy one for me uh, from me. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. For the sake of my wallet and for the sake of my poor car that it's possibly going to be repaired, but probably going to be written off. Um, but we're invoking. I that would like your money and I would like to give you a product for your money. So yeah, that's the information. You can reach me on Twitter at twitter.com slash FaunaEBDL to uh, message me about making a custom collar. And I've been Jasmine Starshine. And this week, I'm not going to be promoting uh, the usual channels to support the show because I think that you should be supporting Fawny. So uh, any interest that you would have had, give it to Fawny instead, at least for a little <laughs> bit. Please support Uh Fonny in these trying times. I don't know why I used my corporate COVID voice for trying times. I'm sorry. These unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. Trying times. Anyways, uh, I'm trying to think of like, oh, yeah. If you want to join our Discord server. Or if you want to send in your submission for for the uh, for the ABU fanfic giveaway, uh, that is dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me a message request at uh, Jasmine Starshine number 0001 on Discord. Uh, those are the best ways to get in touch with me these days. Uh, I think in the absence of the other ad reads, uh, all that is to say is... Uh, Dear Jazzies and at oddswithgod.com production, please visit us online at oddswithgod.com where you can visit my links, Fonny's links, the link to our merch store, and everything related to this show, everything we do in the scene, and soon to be the other shows that are part of the At Odds With God network. Wink, wink, wink. I have been Jasmine Starshine. And I've been Fonny ABDL. And we will see you next time. Uh, Goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Peace out. Goodbye. Oh my god, it looks so cute on you. That's so. This one is for my little friend Bunny. 
Oh. And it's rabbit themed, so it's got a little bunny tail in the middle there. Hmm. <laughs> oh my god, it's so cute. And she's getting matching wrist cuffs as well. Um, and she's a fucking sissy, so she's getting these on her wrist cuffs to like also Beautiful. have jingle bells on her wrists. Beautiful. So that she can prance around and jingle for me. Oh, bye bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, goodbye. 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 Oh, goodbye. Come on, GoPro. Come on, GoPro. You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) Man, we are a quality internet broadcast, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. Best in the West. Best in the West. All right, let's reload the drivers. I love using beta software. Oh, let's go. Hell yeah. We did it. We got there, baby.